Hello, friends. Pull up a chair, grab your wine. You are listening to the Close Friends podcast where we talk about our lives, trying to be adults, but also trying to have a fucking good time. This week, I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm joined by the lovely Lucy. Hello. And Tara. Hello, friends. How are you both this week? Good. Yeah. Busy, tired, but overall fine. <laughs> Great. The enthusiasm is just radiating Sorry. from you both. <laughs> such low energy i need to perk myself up <laughs> the student tonic is definitely helping me we were going to record last night and sarah done her hair it looked fucking immaculate and i was so tired and tara was drunk oh. somewhere in soho and uh, <laughs> we did cancel so we are bad we're bad friends so we're, ba- we're really bad friends but yeah, yeah i mean i what was like me? why have i become the victim <laughs> because of the hair <laughs> <laughs> it's because you did your makeup and everything i got a great thirst trap out of it <laughs> it still looks nice thanks nice and flat now yeah cheers <laughs> all right so i've got close friend of the week this week and i love this review and um fyi i've never been very good at reading so you're gonna have to bear with me so here we go bing what? bang bloody obsessed <laughs> <laughs> no I was, it's a really weird insecurity of mine i'm not oh, very Tara. good at reading like out loud oh. it's just really weird i don't know yeah oh. no, here we go go for it you've got this but i'm gonna try i know i always try and go too fast no for compensate but whatever it's boring chat right okay you ready i swear you're inside my brain every week's episode is exactly what's going on in my brain and i can't tell you how comforting it is to always feel like there's someone brackets you guys brackets out there feeling the same Goes on and on and on, and then it says, basically, I'm just bloody obsessed <laughs> with you all. I fucking love obsessed. Why well, I'm I, I'm obsessed with obsessed. <laughs> Crying. Okay. Anyway, beautiful, and that's by Bertie four five six seven. Thank you, Bertie. Thank you, Bertie. Thank you, Bertie. Love it. Love it. The, this week's episode, we have just decided that we're going to solve all of your life's problems. Um, that's our personality this week. So we asked you guys what your dilemmas are and you came through on Tara's question box. So we're going to go through a variety of topics and we're going to kick it off with the first one, which is being with my boyfriend for one year and he makes us split everything down the middle. Thoughts. Should he be paying? Oh, good one. This is a difficult question. There's so many parts to this. Yeah. (laughs) So if you've been with someone for an entire year, I think personally that you should know how much money they're making and you should be making financial decisions together, right? A year is about that kind of time where like you, you don't have a joint bloody bank account, but you know how much your partner's making and you're kind of you're 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 open you're open about spending you're open about how much you're comfortable spending and all this kind of stuff and i don't necessarily think well it depends it depends how much you're making how much your partner is making but if you don't know that that's something that you need to find out that's such a good point because let's be real like sure equality splitting the bill whatever it, it works for a lot of people but if you're going out with someone and they're making literally four times the amount you are, I mean, am I 
maybe this is a flaw in, in me, but I'd be a little <laughs> bit like, can you not just pick up a bill? Like you, okay. Okay. There's also like, okay, this is, there's so many different ways to look at this, but there's also the who's choosing where we go. So in that situation, if I'm the skint one, but I'm being like, let's go hang out in like the really expensive restaurants, then that's also a shit thing to do. So like, look, my position on this is there's way too many ways for me to like make sense of that we can look at this, but I have to be clear. It's not gendered. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the problem yeah. with this. That's where this question always comes back to is gender roles. It's like, should the man be picking? I'm assuming that's the mm. way the question was asked. It's like, should the man mm. be picking it up? And that's not, that's not the conversation for me. The conversation for me is around what Tara was saying, which is like, you know, how does the relationship work? How does the, you know, who suge- if it's an early stage thing, who suggested going on a date in the first place? Because this is an interesting one that I'll ask back to you both is if someone asks you on a date, and they're like, I want to take you out. I'll choose the place. I'll organize it. Then they split the bill. They want to split the bill at the end. How how do you feel about that? I've, I had this. It was when I first moved to London and I was like barely making any money, struggling, just moved from Nottingham. And I went on a date with this guy. I remember it all so well. We went to this like little bar in Covent Garden and the bill was like 120 quid. And this guy was ordering my cocktails. It makes me feel I'm gonna be sick in my mouth. At the time I was like, oh my God, this is what London dating's like. But he was ordering (laughs) us cocktails and at the end wanted to split the bill. And I was like, here you go. And like, yeah, 60 quid on cocktails. This this guy took me to this place. He was (gasps) ordering the drinks. I was fuming. I think I agree though. I think in terms of this conversation, when you've been with someone for a year, you are serious about each other. So- I think that's a really good point in your relationship where you should definitely, like Tara said, you should definitely know what each other are earning. And I'm a, I just think <sighs> there's two things. I think, yes, practically you should um, have a situation which complements both people's salary. So that should be fair. But also like, I hate it when it becomes a thing and it's like, well, you owe me 10 pounds or oh. I, we paid this last time. And I have to say, I much prefer it when it's like, we'll go out and it's just chill. Like one day you'll get it, then they'll get it. And it's not actually counting yeah. to the pound. I think there's there's a couple of things in this as well, that if you're in a one year relationship and something that is happening in that relationship is making you feel uncomfortable, you need to be talking about it. Like you mm. need to just go up to your other half, doesn't matter, you know, who, you know, and say, this is making me feel uncomfortable. Can we discuss it? And then you'll probably come to some sort of agreement, right? And then on the like splitting the just splitting everything thing, like, I mean, having been in a relationship now for like a year and a half, we do do that. Like, you know, we'll go out and we'll either split the bill or if I'm in a good mood, I'll just be like, I'm, I'm paying for it. And he every now and then does that. But when it's big, basically we have like a bit of a rule where if we're buying kind of big things for each other we put it on splitwise so we still have that kind of because i love being spontaneous enough to a certain extent where i'm like i'll get the bill or like you know we'll do when it's little things it's fine when it's big things we split and you have to decide on what that kind of what the what that point turning point is basically together whether that's explicit or not like you have to kind of decide on that together i think first date though first date I would expect, okay, this is my pattern. First date, I would expect them to, if they're inviting me out to pay for the drinks. Yeah, I'll offer like as well, but I wouldn't expect <laughs> to pay for every single round, but I would expect them to pay for most of the rounds. 
it's just so hard because I don't even want it to be a thing. Ideally, I just don't want to be talking about money really. And if I feel like someone is counting and trying to money, I don't know, trying to monitor it, it's just, oh, I don't know, it just kills the vibe. Turn off, isn't but it? But also pay for the first date. <laughs> it's like, it, it, then there's a question around like, money, like how would you treat a friend with money? And it's so, money is so different and so personal like everyone oh, with a friend yeah you split it everyone gets like yeah but there's like everyone's got very slightly nuanced takes on money and it's completely dependent on like fucking how much you have as well but like generally yeah. i think a good way to think about it is how would you be with a friend because that's very much not gendered and for me personally for me personally it's not gendered but you know if i'm going out with a friend it'll be like it's pretty loose you know like oh i'll get tonight like you get another night or oh it's easier if I just put it on my card and it it you have like a natural tolerance for how much you allow stuff to even out versus how much you don't but the problem is with the date you don't know if there's going to be that opportunity to even out because you don't know how long you're going to see them for if it's yeah. a first date you're like uh <laughs> fuck <laughs> like, I don't want to be 40 quid down tonight but then like you know if you ask someone out and you're pursuing them I don't know I'd be prepared if I was pursuing someone I'd be prepared to take them out yeah. Don't don't go on don't pursue yeah. dating women if you can't afford to pursue to go on dates. Like just don't date. Ooh. But vice versa, like don't go out on a date if you're not prepared to split the bill at, at least, I don't think. Like I mean, but if somebody said to me, "Okay, meet me at fucking Zuba at 8 p.m." then I would be prepared to spend half the bill which i know is going to be over like 100 quid or whatever so i'd think twice about going a um yeah. and you have you yeah you kind of have to think about it i guess and like be prepared for the worst but also hope that if somebody is suggesting something that's out of your budget yeah yeah that's super awkward though if you'd like to have that conversation on a first date to be like someone's asked you out and they're like uh, let's go to zoom and then to have to say if you can't afford it, do you then say like, no? Or do you say, hey, I'm actually skint. So Zuma's not going to work. So just, can we be clear? Are you going to pay for Sorry, me? Why are these men not taking us to Zuma on a fucking first date? Because we have standards. <laughs> Where are they? I can't find them. <laughs> okay, no. But the other the other thing is to say, to suggest something else. Go for a walk in Victoria Park and do a Sunday yeah. date. And that's what I, over a lot, that's what we've been doing. Get a coffee from Gail's and spit the fucking bill and then go for a walk around a park you know gales is like zuma is to itsu if you're talking like gales to like like cafe nero which is hilarious <laughs> but i would say if if money is an issue like pick make sure that you're going to places that aren't expensive and it's summer as well like do a picnic whatever yeah it's definitely not summer but Agreed. Yeah, anyway. right team team i'm gonna take us to our second question which is my favorite one of the evening somebody is saying to us that they have never ever given a blowjob and the more they think about it the more scared they are about giving a blowjob and now it just gives them a huge amount of scary nerves so what yeah. advice and tips do we have about that mm. oh bless you thank you for thank you for writing in on that one as well because like it must be so daunting um coming fresh to that sort of thing as an adult like I think we were all probably quite similar like the way our like sexual activity developed 
followed a very similar pattern. We were kind of like quite young, like teenage. Um, I'm assuming the person who asked it is probably not a teenager if they're in your question box. But um, I think now if I was coming fresh to like my sexual activity journey, I'd be so much more in my head mm-hmm. about these things that I'd be so like the pressure would sort of build. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that's quite daunting. Hugely daunting. It, it's one of those things where probably you'll be really nervous to do it the first time. And then as soon as you do it, you're like, what was the, what was the big deal? And it will just kind of feel normal again. Right. I don't know. I would say like, have a look at some dicks beforehand. Like look at some dick <laughs> pics, right? Not, not unsolicited ones. Just do a little Google, do a little porn hub. Um, have a look at just, just, just have a look what a dick looks like. Cause you might, you might get down there and you might be like, Oh, hang on. Didn't even know what I was dealing with. Now I've got to put that in, in here what (laughs) yeah i think like also i'm saying this actually uh, i'm saying i was about to say guys have their own like preference on like what they're like but actually i don't know if that's specifically true (gasps) should we call Um, someone yes (gasps) introducing our brand new feature which is tara's incredible brainchild which is phone a close friend yes um so we've decided we are going to be calling someone that the three of us kind of know uh, Tara is good friends with Lucy has been DMing and <laughs> <laughs> we're going to ask him as someone with a penis what his thoughts are on this so Tara take it away hello so you're currently on the close friends podcast do you consent to being recorded Yeah, of course. Great. Okay, so we have a question for you that we'd love for you to answer because so we've had somebody DM us in saying, hey, um, I'm a a girl who's now in her 20s, who's never given a blowjob and I'm really fucking scared and it makes me feel nervous. Um, Have you got any tips? And we've given our tips as women, but we thought we'd call a man and see what tips they have for her. So... The floor is yours. Any tips? Hmm. I think the best thing is to obviously start by, I think, it depends what the context is before you've got into that situation. But if you can, obviously, ask what the person likes. I think that's always a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> one thing I would definitely say, sorry, I'm in the middle of Soho here, which is probably an appropriate time that you've called me but uh or an appropriate place rather but i would say this is i mean everyone has their own personal preferences i guess but i think uh making sure there's a a, um no lack of lubrication is probably one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. i would imagine uh love it for most blokes as well because that's always a bit uh can always be a bit tricky so um (laughs) And then every guy's so different as well, I suppose, in terms of maybe what they like and don't like. Although I think we're quite similar, maybe mechanically. <laughs> better women. <laughs> um, this is very sound also, advice. And then I think making sure that, well, both, I think for, for most blokes as well, a bit of uh, balls and, and cock. Uh, yeah, solid you can, advice. You can do a bit of both of those. And depending on if they like anything a bit further up, then... I suppose that's a, that's definitely a personal preference, I think. Brilliant. Sarah um, has a question. One second. What's Sarah's question? Shoot away. Balls in the mouth, yes or no? I think, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> going, going a bit uh, back and forth, 100%. 
Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this so Love funny? It. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Who can multi? Women are much better at multitasking than men, I think. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, going. Uh, if you can do both at the same time, then you're absolutely onto a winner. That's excellent. Look at that. So key key learnings. Key learnings are yes to balls in the mouth. Also, um, lubrication. So spit a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my top tip would be like just don't fucking worry about it too much. Like uh, just. Like whatever you whatever you do will be better than not doing it at all and they will like it yeah don't overthink it yeah don't overthink it great solve, solve that one solve that one <laughs> i think we should every episode i think we're going to do our call a friend um next question sarah i think i have a crush on my boss should i make the first move the first move make the first move i don't know do we think it's reciprocated we assume it's reciprocated right be ready to leave your job if you are happy <laughs> yeah. to leave no, your job, yeah. then yeah, sure. Then do whatever mm. the fuck you want. But I think even in if you if you're ever going to engage in something like that, be prepared to find a new job. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think workplace things can always get very tricky, and rarely does it. If it doesn't end well, it's very rare that both of you would be able to kind of stay in the positions you're in and like have a really good working relationship i don't know but um i would say (sighs) there's also a weird power dynamic as well because we don't know if they're well they're they're higher up in the company than you so if something kicked off i don't know that would probably negatively impact you rather than them so that's what i mean like you have to weigh up your job versus the potential of you know, because it might work out. You might end up in a relationship and still in your job, but most likely won't. So mm. be prepared to lose the job. Yeah. Yeah. Are you being groomed? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's, I have such a negative view of the manager. I don't know why. I just think like they're a dick, even though I don't know anything. I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm just like, are they just wanting attention or this is like we need more information on this sort of thing because this is uh this is too hard for us to sit and try and solve um but there's a lot of downside so i think what i would do in this situation is kind of do a bit of digging and like Mm. talk to some colleagues about them (gasps) and like no 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 but not not in the way that i'm just like oh you know I'm, i'm pursuing this but be like so what's this person actually like see if you can get some gossip because I kind of feel like you'd get quite a lot of information from other people within the company who have been there for a long time, if, you know, that person's been there for a long time, to kind of assess mm. what kind of person they are. Because if, you know, you'd, you'd find out immediately if um, if they'd been in a relationship with someone before, or if like some weird shit had gone down or something, you would find out immediately, wouldn't you? So you can kind of vet a person like that as well. But I have, so my best friends pretty much... Um, <laughs> my best friend met her husband because she hired him for a job and um they're married and they have a child so it can work can't it it can work oh. it can work it can work yeah I, th- I think i think it can work i think like tara said i think make sure you're happy to move if you if worse comes to worse but it can work so maybe give it a shot if you're happy with that risk yeah next question Next question. I've got a good one here. So the question is, I am going on a date with someone who has openly admitted to have been going to brothels before. 
I don't know how I feel about this. What do you think? Okay, but like how regularly? Are we talking like stag do in Amsterdam or are we talking, yeah, every week I just pop down there? Does that matter? Does that make a difference? Does it make a difference? You know what? To me, what would make a difference is how he speaks about it. Because mm. if it, it's, the, it's like almost the way in which he communicates that and if he's like, you know, this is just something that I like doing because I want to support or like, because, you know, it basically, if he's a fucking creep about it, then red flag, exit, out. Mm. But it, you know what? Actually, the fact that the person was honest about it already kind of tells me like, it's not, it's, I don't know. I think that actually is not a red flag that he's actually come out and said it especially before a first date it's really interesting isn't it yeah i wonder how that came out into conversation maybe maybe like i don't know maybe they asked and then i don't know you wouldn't ask anyone that would you i don't know i don't, I don't know what you ever used a brothel yeah i don't i don't think i've ever asked a guy that my my first date chat is gonna be bad when i finally get back to actually seeing people <laughs> but probably not <laughs> Probably not that level. <laughs> so you ever you ever been to a brothel? <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I think it's it's quite easy to be like judgmental about this kind of stuff. Also, like depends yeah. what kind of brothel. Like, was it? It is a. I mean, I I don't know enough about brothels, but like, can there be like ethical ones and non ethical ones and and what? I don't really know. Um, yeah, because we're kind of like we're sort of making the assumption that people who use sex work services are generally fucking gross which yeah. I, yeah. I don't know enough about it to make that assumption but that's yeah that's what i mean like you know it, it depends on the way that they've gone about this whole interaction if they're talking about it like you know i just i just really i've really wanted sex i really wanted some company I, you know then i kind of it's it's the way that they speak about it that would sway me either way. Or if they were like, yeah, I was drunk and I just wanted to smash. Like, fuck you, mm. you know, shut up. <laughs> also, like, just to add context, if I'm sure many people, if they'd asked their, a guy they were going to go on a date with, if they'd been to a sex party and they said, yes, I'm sure a lot of people will probably have a very similar outlook mm. on that as well. But we know from last week's episode that it's actually quite like a wholesome supportive um (laughs) situation with loads of consent and it's actually really nice so um yeah i think that's a tricky one that's a tricky one like i would i would suggest um my actual advice would be like just check in on yourself in terms of what is it about you because the way the question's phrased it it sounds as though the asking the person asking it finds it a little bit problematic so Mm. i would do some some soul searching on myself and be like why do i find this problematic like what is it about that situation that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable is it the fact that they paid for sex or is it the fact that i'm like could they not find someone who they could have sex with that they didn't need to pay or is it you know the um you know was it protected like what angle is it that's making you feel Mm. uncomfortable and then actually unpack that because um making a sweeping assumption about like someone who's used um like a brothel service just isn't i don't think that's progressive in any way um mm. so i don't mm. i don't know that's that's personally what i'd no, say i agree yeah i think that's good advice i have a next question team so somebody has said that they really enjoyed the episode on the sex parties and they listened to it with their partner and they had a debrief afterwards and they were like oh my God, I would absolutely love to participate in something like this. It sounds really fun. And their partner was like, oh, nah, 
I'm not, mm. I'm not that keen. So this person is asking what to do. I would, I would love to know why. I'd love to know why my partner's not keen. Like that's the key thing. Like what are the reasons? So I, I'm speaking from the, from the side of things like I've not been to a sex party. So if I was saying to my partner, I really want to go and they didn't want to, I don't think, I think I would just accept. I think I would just accept it. I don't think I would. Uh, there's a level of like, infor- like informing them of why you want to go and, and whatnot. But I think if they were genuinely really uncomfortable, I just wouldn't force it. And I would just oh, no. accept that. I think I would just, yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. I don't know. But I've not been, so. I want to, let me know. extrapolate it to the general question around you want to do something slightly more adventurous with your sex yeah. life and your partner does not reciprocate that desire. What do you do? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird that like when you get into a relationship, there's actually all this other stuff that you have to agree on as well. Not just whether you like each other, but like, you know, are your sexual preferences actually aligned? Yeah. Um, and like something I've never really put a lot of thought into but I've just started thinking about recently is like what happens if you do really like someone and get on in all those other ways but your sexual preferences aren't necessarily completely compatible I don't know the answer I mean I I think that in this kind of situation like the conversation doesn't just end at the person saying no and it's not you know I'm not saying that like you need to convince them or coerce them but I'm saying that the conversation is so much wider because you have to get into why they're saying no or like what has yeah. you know prompted them to say no and then you know if it's if it's something like past trauma or something like that where it's really mm. kind of runs really deep then can it and leave it and you know that's a completely different story but if it's like almost a lack of understanding or some sort of you know societal stuff that's going on or like you know un- unpack it basically unpack it and then see and it's a very good exercise in communication with a partner to see if you can break down some barriers and really understand and then get to get to really why it is that they don't want to. And then then once you're there, you can then decide whether you're going to, you know, try and break it down even more or just be like, you know what, it's fine. I'm very happy with where I am and I'm, you know, I'm happy with our lives as they are. But I think, I think that when somebody says that uh, takes it uh, takes the information at face value and says no there's there's more there's more to it and there's always more breaking down of it and like you know we said this in the sex party episode that you kind of don't you don't understand it until you go which is yeah it sounds really shitty to say do you know what I mean but like it is really that that's really just the way it is I also think you've got to weigh up your desire and this expands like you said sort of further beyond just wanting to go to a sex party but just in general about your sexual um like the the kinks you might have or whatever I think you've got to weigh up how important these things are to you if it's Mm -hmm. just a case of like oh um you know that sex party sounded pretty fun um, and you ask your partner and you broke it down and they still said no and you just wanted to go because you just thought it sounded fun but it's not a huge um, roadblock for you then cool but if it's something where you're like I am gonna potentially marry this person and I really want to do this and I need to do it within my lifetime then I think that's when you might have to consider are you are you sexually compatible um but I do Mm. it is really important and I think sex sex is such an important part of the relationship and you shouldn't you shouldn't have to like forgo your desires um just because your partner is like 
absolutely not. It just means that might be something you're not aligned with and that can be a big issue. Yeah. We are the generation that is overcoming this. Like we're the generation that's not just taking this as something that we do, suppress our desires just because we want an easy married life, right? Like this is yes. where we are and it's yeah. us that's doing this. So there, there there are ways around this. And I think that if if it if it were me and my partner said, Oh, I don't want to go to a sex party, I'd be like, Okay, well what is it about the sex party that you don't like? And I'd unpick it like that and I'd be like, Okay, well would you consider this as an alternative, a threesome or something, or like you know, anything and try and get to the bottom of what it is they don't want or what it is they might find attractive and then see if yeah. you can kind of start somewhere in the middle and go from there. Because like the the thing is that all relationships on all fronts are a compromise and like mm -hmm. you know hopefully you agree on most things but there's always going to be an element of meeting in the middle i think we just need to add a category on the end that's like that also extends to sexual preferences it's not mm -hmm. just do we agree on mon monetary matters do we agree on like relationship boundaries in the um emotional sense but also like I have these needs and desires. You have these needs and desires. They're going to match up most of the time, but we can't just be having knee-jerk reactions to stuff where it's like a solid, no, I'm not open to discussing that. You know, there has to be a discussion around it. So yeah, yeah. I agree with what both of you have said. Yeah. Spoken as a single expert. <laughs> okay. So this is a good one. We kind of touched on it briefly before, but best friend is in a toxic, horrible relationship. How to help? Thoughts. Such a good one. Sarah, how did you feel when I was in my relationship with my toxic ex? We we spoke about this a few episodes ago, didn't we? Like the role of friends in this. Um, and it's like, I think our conclusion was basically that the individual involved in the relationship has to go on their own journey and you can't be there forcing that journey. Um, the best thing you can do is be a, a sounding board and you have to really respect how they're feeling at the time. Because remember, it's so much easier to judge these situations when you're outside of them than when you're in them. And even as a friend who might know both parties in the couple really well, you are going to be getting one-sided accounts. So, you know, you're never going to know the full story. It's not, you know, how much of it is your place to be like, fucking dump him. Toxic is a difficult word because like, is it toxic as in dangerous? Or oh, is it God, toxic yeah, as in point. like, there's no trust? Um, you know, it, I think it depends on the level of harm that your friend is potentially in because I think if they are, if it's a case of like, they're just being a shit partner and they're just not making effort or they're, you know, cheating on them or whatever, I think you can guide, but I don't think it's appropriate for a friend to to really get involved super deep i just don't think it is i think be there for your friend because also if you start forcing it or making an issue between the two of you your she might then lose you as like her base of support and i do agree i think you have to let your friends make their own mistakes you can't tell someone what to do um but you can inform them that they deserve better and there is better out there so just keep throwing love and support at your friend and be there like be there for them and then yeah unless it's a hard one they're actually a dangerous human being or they're impacting the rest of the friendship group's lives like if they're being mm. weird or creepy with everyone else around them and like yeah. you know your friend just can't see it or something like that like 
I think that there is a, a stage, a tipping point where an intervention is a good idea, but you have to, you have to really do, do the work to like figure out whether that is appropriate for your friend and for yourself. And, you know, because what might happen is that you have an intervention and then the friend's like, you know what, fuck you. And then that makes it even worse. So you have to, every situation is different. You have to weigh, you have to weigh it up. But I think if, if, if your friend is in danger, essentially, or like with a really horrible person, then it is worth stepping in. If there's a few amber flags and a couple of red flags that they'll learn from and they won't actually like be harmed from in the long term, then just let them figure it out. But yeah, I to- I interpreted this as like toxic in the sense yeah. of not, you know, abusive is a separate word to toxic to mm. me. Uh, the way yeah. I no, you're right. uh, you're interpreted right. this question. So like abusive, that's, I mean, that is absolutely, uh, I personally think it's absolutely uh, your right to intervene, of course. Um, cause safety is paramount, but with toxic in terms of, you know, um, just like being a, a bit of a boy. shit. Yeah. Just being a bit yeah. of a shit. Um, I think, uh, like I just come back to what I said about it's pointless. So you can, even if you th- feel it is your duty to intervene, it's pointless unless the person in the relationship has gone on that journey of understanding why, why you perceive them as toxic and they can see it, but they also believe it. So it's not just yeah, on paper, I can see he's a bit shit, but like, I still love him or I still love her, whatever. But it's, you know, they really have been through the journey of identifying and understanding the problematic behavior. Because otherwise, if you jump in with an intervention and that's not happened, it just ends in resentment, always ends in resentment. Um, Whether that's for the other person in the relationship or it's for you as a friend, like it doesn't, an intervention at that point is just not productive. But yeah, I don't know, like Tara, how did you when you were when you were knee deep in the the toxic relationship, how did you feel about seeing it for what it was? Like could you see like, yes, it is a bit toxic, but or were you just like completely blinkers on? You were like Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea until I was out the other end. Absolutely no idea. But I'm because I wasn't in danger, like I don't <sighs> I don't, you know what? I've thought about this. I don't know whether if either of you had said something to me that I'd have really taken it on board. I don't know. Because it was weird because I was telling you this stuff, not thinking it was toxic. But if anyone said that to me, I'd be like, what the fuck? Mm. But I, such a weird one. But then he, you know, he never hurt me, like, really. So, yeah. But we, I think for the purposes of this question, let's just, um, yeah, okay. Just talk about like purely. I'm the sort of person that enjoys just kind of living and learning. You know what I mean? Like I'll bounce back. I'm fine. And it was a really good lesson because it taught me so much about myself and about dating and about life and whatever. But I know that I'm a specific kind of person that vibes on that, essentially, that kind of growth. But it can really damage other people, I think. Like I think uh, just bringing it back to like watch a friend do. I think it's the easy thing to just be like, Hey, this is really toxic and shit. Because yeah. what you're doing is just projecting your opinion um, based on a one-sided account of what's going on. Um, and that's the easy thing to do. It's the knee-jerk thing to do. And actually the much harder thing to do is almost position yourself like a therapist. Everything on this mm, pod comes back to, to either yeah. check yourself or therapy. <laughs> but it's like you're providing a, a sounding board in a way that like they come to that conclusion themselves. And if their definition of toxic Mm -hmm. matches your definition of toxic, then, you know, by asking the right questions, 
you they will start to sort of piece things together their end and that's really like the best way you can help i think yeah i think that's the best piece of advice we've ever given on this podcast I think you've actually <laughs> literally solved, you've solved this problem. Like, <laughs> Jess, you. you fucking fill that glass of champagne, oh, bitch. Champagne. You fucking have that. You, yeah. Shout out to the family champagne that I accidentally opened drunk last weekend. Um, Can uh, Lanson sponsor us, please? Anyone listening that has any ties to Lanson, um, we'll take like, you know, Moet um we'll take cristal as well like i'm easy Mate, but, i'll, t- I'll yeah, take that maybe. fucking waitrose prosecco that's that's decent oh yeah that was really nice wasn't it that waitrose prosecco was it's actually very great nice. um, that shit's pay- and you get you get a magnum for 16 pounds second great. best piece of advice that's ever given on this podcast the waitrose magnum that's meant to be 25 is always on offer for 16 always I heard it here first I'm pretty sure that's all we've got time for. Wow, we solved so many problems. <laughs> Put the world to right. Wow. I mean, that <laughs> just wow to that whole episode, really. Like, wow, it was a real roller coaster of things <laughs> happening. Thank you so much for coming on the roller coaster with us this week. Wait, Lucy, what? Guys, where's Shirley? <gasps> Where's Shirley? So I thought about this. Shirley's in transit. Have you fucking lost her? <laughs> because I'm the dick that decided to post her on a fucking Friday. Anyway, no, I've, I've been thinking about this all day. So I'm sorry, Shirley. Shirley's in transit. She's probably in some warehouse somewhere. If she got lost and just didn't turn up at my flat, that would be such a Bitch, shame. no. What a no. disaster that would be. I, I got the parcel tracked bitch you <laughs> <laughs> just put sake. it in the bin <laughs> alright well I'll bring him to the studio next week when we record in the it costs me like studio. six pounds don't you what? dare throw Shirley in the bin what <laughs> only six fair play is that cheaper or more expensive than putting in an Uber on the way to mine by itself it's cheaper it was still cheaper but she's not gonna smell like chicken so yeah <laughs> well you know Shirley Drama aside, thank you again for coming on this uh, roller coaster episode with us. Uh, as ever, you can leave us a five star review uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, I don't fucking know how you review it. I keep getting asked and I don't know. So just DM, DM close friends the podcast with some nice words and we'll totally accept that as your unofficial review. Um, Drop us a little subscribe or follow. Um, please do also follow our Instagram. So it is at close friends, the podcast. Um, it's pretty lit on there. I'm not going to lie. So yeah, apart from when Tara's troll posting me and Lucy, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the lit content. That is the lit content. Exactly. Uh, you can also follow us individually at move with Tara at Lucy mountain and at Sarah B dot London. Thank you so much, everyone. And goodbye from us. Bye. 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 Bye.